Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Do you recognize this person? Oh, I do. Is her name Eliza? Oh. She was your counselor. <laughs> That's right. She was my camp counselor. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. That, that's a world, blast eh? from the past. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I'm, and I'm, I was like, I was like half, I was like half sure about the name, but I, I'm glad I, uh, I'm glad I tried it. Wow. That's so cool. Please welcome to the podcast, the host of the hit podcast series, The Other Latif, as well as producer of the Radiolab podcast, and now host and executive producer of the Netflix hit documentary series Connected, Latif Nasser. Oh, I'm glad I can see this magnificent beard of yours. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, you really rock it. I, I can't get a beard like that. I've tried. I've tried before. Okay. It doesn't work. How about we do this? Let's make a deal. I will give you this beard. You give me your hair. <laughs> it's basically the same. It's basically <laughs> the same. Thanks so much for your time, buddy. I really appreciate this. No, my, my pleasure. It's, I feel like it's like... Um, sibling peer pressure my sister does something i just got to do it you know i got to do the same thing you got you got to come on you got to get the whole family on i know right yeah <laughs> yeah my parents if you want to talk to my parents they're uh sure why not <laughs> I, I, it sounds like they are the reason uh you and your sister are, are doing what you're doing it's true it really is true yeah tell me tell me about tell let's start there why why not why do we start there tell me about the influence of of your of your your parents and and how you've ended up where you are because of of them i guess yeah it's funny like we didn't know any journalists growing up like i didn't even know that that was a thing like i mean i guess you'd see them on tv like but 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 the thing that i remember so one thing i remember so vividly growing yeah. up is my dad like every morning my dad would burst probably my sister told you this too my dad yeah. would burst into my room with the newspaper that he had already read he would tell me all the most interesting stories um uh and i would be half asleep and he he just would be so excited and i remember the weirdly the one i remember best was yeah. Hulk Hogan beat Ultimate Warrior. Um, <laughs> that was in I'm Toronto, like, I think, wasn't it? That might have been the reason why. And my At dad was so excited. He was so, I mean, had never cared about wrestling before um, or again after that, I think. Like, but just that morning, it was in the paper. My dad read it, got so excited about it. Um, and it was just that feeling of like, oh, I get to, like, I get to be the one to tell you this amazing news. And I feel like that's, that, that's the feeling that my sister and I, like, we just want to, that's why we get up every morning. You know, it's like that feeling. That is crazy. Um, where, where am I calling? Like, where are you right now? Are you inside a studio in your home? I am in my garage. This is, it. don't be <laughs> fooled. Uh, this is, uh, looks like a professional studio. It's just my garage. Um, I'm, I live in back the curtain. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. Literally pulled back the curtain. Um, yeah, so I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, I've lived here for about three years now. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's, it's, going, it's going all right. I like it. It's the, oh, nice. God, the fruit out here. Man, so fresh. Wow. Okay, no one's ever said that to me about California. Oh, the food is just, it, like, I spent a long time in... Uh, in New York, I spent a long time in Boston. Like the the fruit out here just tastes fresher. It just tastes all so much of the food. Like it just because it they grow it right around here. So that's fantastic. That's really good. Listen, how how have you been? We've all been in some way, shape, or form locked up uh, since since March. Um, how are things? You know, out, outside of I, I guess all the press you you've probably recently been doing all month. How, how are things? 
Well, things are good. I mean, in a way, uh, that that's very true that we've all been locked up since uh, March. About uh, for for me and my family, we just we just had a little baby. About congratulations. Oh, thank you. Like about a like a week and a half ago, um, and uh, so it's weird because it's like I feel like we're locked. We would be locked up anyway, so it's kind of a sure. it's a it's a weirdly. I mean, it's hard to say nice because there's so many horrible things going on, but it's a weirdly nice time to be kind of shut up in your house because it's, it's like, oh, everybody else is shut up in their house too. Like it's, uh, it feels not so bad. Uh, you're yeah. not missing out. It's like the world stopped. So uh, uh, while I, you know, like while we rear this little guy to, you know, learn like day from night and things like that, like it's, uh, it's, yeah, it, it feels like it's like the whole rest of the world is on pause anyway. So it, do, sure. it doesn't feel like we're, we're missing out that much. And yet at the same time, there's so much going on. Uh, yeah, yes. I don't know. What a weird, weird times we're living in. Weird times. Yeah, especially down in the States. Like it's never ending news cycle. Yeah, you're in Toronto, am I, I'm guessing? In Toronto, yeah. Yeah, it's, it sounds like you guys are, are doing a lot better than Los Angeles is doing right now. How, how are things there like in terms of cases, in terms of how people are behaving? Do you, t- I know you also have one, uh, you, was it your son that co-starred in episode one of Connected? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> really right at the opening, the, the, the opening shot. Go out? Uh, we, we just walk, we walk around sure, the sure. house. We walk around the neighborhood okay. with our, yeah. uh, you know, uh, masks and scooters and whatever else. Uh, uh, but um, that the opening shot of the show is his, I should say, in addition to, you know, giving the co-starring uh, credit to my son, <laughs> uh, he has a, a, a stuffed sloth whose name is Bathroom. Uh, and Bathroom <laughs> is the number one, the sh- number one shot in the show is Bathroom. So uh, that was a real coup. Uh, I feel like that's, uh, you know, that's, that's locked in there for, for the ages. So he's, he's, he's happy. Um, as soon as I saw that, I said, oh, this is different than uh, what your sister would have done. We had a talk, uh, just a short bit when, when I uh, sat down with her about, um, you know, showing her kids and stuff. I'm, I'm curious if, if you guys, you know, talk about stuff that you're doing, that she's doing and the decisions that you make. Yeah, I think there's a kind of like it's it's funny uh it's cuz we do different kinds of reporting right like i feel mm. like the reporting that she does is sitting as an anchor every day reporting the the news of the day um and and in a way to do that i mean she does there are certainly times where she gets personal but in a way she can't get too personal because then i don't know there's something about that role that she's in that anchor role that's really yes. important that it's a, a kind of like she, she can't sort of, I mean, I think, and, and obviously she's doing it for privacy reasons and stuff too, but I think there's something about oversharing. Like you, you really, mm. that anchor role, there's something really, really, it needs to have a kind of a gravitas and a, a kind of a, um, I don't know, there's, there's something about it because you're anchoring, you're not just anchoring the news, you're anchoring people's lives. Like a lot of people are tuning into you every day and, and they need this kind of like fixed force in a way and i feel like the, the reporting i do is a lot weirder uh and 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 it can be a lot more personal sometimes um sure. and so so yeah so i i i have my my kid in the in the first episode um and it was just i think because the, the the thing that i wanted to do with that is that that episode uh is about surveillance yeah and yeah. surveillance is this topic that is it's covered all the time we all know about it we're all kind of paranoid about it or or even if we're not paranoid about it we just know it's there and it's all around us and people are watching and paying attention and what i wanted to do is to kind of like pop that out of the way we all think about it and and to kind of just to try to reframe it and and it's funny we actually were trying for a totally different top to that episode and it fell through and this was a last minute thing we were like what are we gonna do and i was like i don't know you know surveillance like it, it makes me think of how I just watch this baby monitor all the time. Like, I feel like I'm surveilling my own kid. And after the episode, actually, funnily, um, my kid came up to me one day uh, and he was like, he just, he just, he, he didn't, 
like the monitor. He just felt like he was like, I don't want the monitor. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Like, like I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like I, I was like, I like overcompensated. It was so guilty about it. Um, just because it's true. Cause I had been watching him, you know, uh, cause it's funny. Um, but, but I felt so weird about it. But to me, like it, it, it encapsulated a lot of the kind of like the allure, the kind of like voyeuristic, secretive kind of allure of it, but then also the kind of like creepy, ethical Ooh. gray zone, you know, what can I, what can I learn? Like it, it encapsulated a lot of the stuff that, that was going through the rest of the episode. So that's, that's why we decided to make that uh, part of the top. And also, and this is, I think the reason they made it, this is now way more information than you even wanted. Um, <laughs> uh, um, the reason we made it uh, the top of that first episode was it felt like because people don't really know who I am. And so it was a kind of a nice way to introduce me to be like, Oh, I'm just a, sure. like a, uh, I'm like a, I'm like a dad. Like you're going to have a lot of dad jokes over this series. So just <laughs> let me establish right at the top. I'm a dad. So I can that get away with it. Yeah. It's interesting. You say that because um, I, once in a while, I'll post something on Facebook saying, hey, I'm interviewing so-and-so. Um, let me know if you have any questions. And, and usually it's, it's when I know, okay, this person is popular. They might be like a, a, a music star from the 90s or something like that, that, <laughs> my co that my cohort would be familiar with and geek out at. Um, and then I said, okay, I know you do. I know you're, you, you do Radio Lab, and you know, a lot of my friends are into podcasts. So I said, let me, let me just throw this up and see if I get any questions my way. I promise you this, like there's been no one before that has garnered more comments. Ah, uh, stop it. I swear to you. I go, how is it that like this person that he just, his show just launched? Like, how does everyone know? It's weird. It's really weird. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, I think we have, I, I don't, I have no sense of, uh, uh, the size of the audience, but I can tell so far that there are a lot of very committed uh, viewers out there, which is really, really encouraging. And I think part of that is the fact that I think um, like, like a lot of nonfiction TV, a lot of like, the, as they call it, like unscripted or whatever, like it's, it yeah. just, I think it's so, um, I don't know. Like you look at, you look at, I studied history. You look at like history channel or you look at discovery or science or like, and there's, there's some good stuff on there, but there's a lot of yeah. stuff on there that you're like that. This isn't really scratching my itch to, to learn new mm. things, to kind of like, to, to make me think in new ways. And I think I, I really tried to do that. And that's been a lot of the response I've been getting from people. It's like, wow, I didn't even, I like, I, I'm actually learning new stuff. Like I'm actually thinking in new yeah. ways gonna and so 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 that's been really gratifying like the response and I, I that's the only way I can kind of explain why it seems like people have like just jumped on this show in a way um you know whether it's a small vocal contingent or whether it's like a lot of people I, I can't tell but but there's yeah people are people are really they they just like right when the show launched like people just jumped like uh it's been really really gratifying actually well, yeah, Netflix did a great job of promoting it. Your sister as well. It was all over her <laughs> yeah, social. Right, that's it. You know, that's when I go, it, oh, sure. this is her. I thought her brother just did podcasts. I didn't know he's got this. Right. He's, he's got this show off. Yeah. Um, so obviously, congratulations on, uh, on, on Connected. Thank um, you. There, there's there's a, a bunch of questions that got listener questions as well. People that wanted to ask you stuff. Sure, fire away. The, the weirdest thing, though, that I, I look at things and I sort of say, oh, it's interesting. And maybe it's the camera shots. There's a lot of camera shots of your shoes, of you walking. <laughs> and so I yeah. noticed, I think the first show I noticed is your Bloodstones. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And yeah. I think uh, and I literally only noticed them because I, I got a pair a few years ago for my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but your shoes seem to play. This is just my weird way of looking at things. No, it's you're right. You're totally seem right. Seem to play a a uh, a starring role. And as I thought about, it, I said, "Yeah, because you're like you're all over the world in That's this." It. That's and it. And part of me, yeah. So so tell me about. I don't know if it was, if it's a conscious thing of of your shoes or, or 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 what, but but tell me about visiting all these places. Tell me the the importance of your footwear and all the different places you go to. Yeah, well, just that—that that is such a uh, kind of an astute observation because uh, 
I think from the very get-go, this show, when the producers of this show kind of came to me and were, were like, we want to do something like this, the kind of image that they had, they wanted to do to the hosted science show what they had done, this same production company had done to the food show. So they were behind all oh. of Anthony Bourdain's shows. And oh, so like, if you remember before Bourdain, it's like almost hard to remember, right? Yeah. It's like every cooking show was like in a kitchen, like you were just in a kitchen and that's yeah. it. Like, I, I don't know if you, if you grew up in Toronto, I remember watching like Pasquale's Kitchen Express. Do you remember that? <laughs> um, and you'd be singing with the thing. And, but, but then Anthony Bourdain came and like completely destroyed that, right? Like exploded it out. Like, and so now you have, I mean, you still have those kinds of shows, but, but like so many more, the idea of food is like, go out, uh, go out around the world. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, understand the people making the food, the culture, uh, that's, that, 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 that created this food, that kind of thing. And how like cultural, you know, all these cultural stuff is playing out in this food. Like that, that was a, that was a Bourdain thing. And I think they had the same vision of like the hosted science show feels like a thing that happens in like a studio or a lab. And it's like, let's just explode it out. Let's go all over the world. Let's actually go to these places. Let's see the scientists in their sort of natural habitats, like do, studying the things that they're studying. And so that was kind of the, the goal from the beginning. And so I think, I think in a way, in a funny way, that shoe thing, um, it's like, look, we're literally on the ground. We're on the ground in this place. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of, I think that that's sort of the motivating, uh, idea of it it's like we're not pretending we're really here we really like it took us it took us you know uh, a week to get out here in the middle of the sahara desert but we're really here yeah just to look for a fish yeah yeah exactly. that was wild that <laughs> yeah. that that was one of the wildest episodes. you went from the desert like literally to the a bottom of a ancient lake yeah to the top of the amazon yeah that that, that must be wild and the the especially wild thing about the that the desert and that fish was that um now now i i i didn't know any of this going in i was a total like i thought i knew how to you know all the tricks and of the trade and audio but i i really didn't know half of them which is to say the other ones that use get used in like documentary excuse me documentary film so like usually in a in a documentary or tv show right yeah. Um, let's say you're walking along and someone, first of all, if someone's walking along alone in the desert, like they're not alone. I did not realize that part. <laughs> um, they are not alone. There's a whole camera crew, there's cooks and there's security people and there's like producers and there's like, you know, all kinds of people. Um, but, uh, so first of all, they're walking alone. And then when they like happen upon something and they just discover it, like that, they didn't discover that, right? Like that was planted. They knew that that was going to be there. They're walking in a certain, you know, pattern in a certain direction. And then that thing, like a producer was like, okay, like here's like pre-scouted it, right? Yeah. Now the crazy thing about that fish is we literally discovered that fish. <laughs> you can't pre-scout that location because it's in the middle of the desert. Like nobody could go there a day, two days a week in advance and be like, hey, this fish is here. <laughs> Even if they did that, which like literally logistically, it's like an insane feat to get out there. Um, but second of all, the wind is so strong that like, let's say you find something a few weeks later, you come back or a week later, you come back. Like that thing may not be there anymore because um, it just erodes away. So, so we literally were walking and we literally found that fish in real time. Like you see it as we found it. Um, which is so cool. Uh, and, and it, it just, I don't know, to me, like, I don't know. It's like, we didn't have to fake it. Like it really was there. Um, we didn't know whether we were going to find that fish, you know, just like there, there's another, um, you know, this was true for a bunch of uh, stories along the way. We were just so lucky. Like we didn't know when we went to the forest in Delaware. So that one of the first segments is about this kind of special bird called the Viri. We didn't oh, know that story. we were going to yeah. see any Viri's. We went there. We, first of all, we just, we, like our whole production calendar, like we didn't intend to shoot that. That was our first shoot. And it was like, Oh, the Viri's nesting. Like we got to go right now. And so we went and then we, it wasn't a sure thing uh, uh, that we were going to see one of these little birds. And, we, and then we did, we saw a few and it was like, it, it was, it was magical. And that, that sort of, it, 
the whole production process and going out there to these locations, like where you're like, anything can happen. And, and we were sort of lucky almost every time. Um, and it, it, I hope that kind of watching that show kind of has that magical feeling because it really felt like that. That's what it felt like making it. Like throughout, I've finished watching the, just before Cloud uh-huh. is, uh, is, is where I am. So I, so I, I can't remember what the last one is. It might've been Dust. Yep. Um, yeah. Or Digits maybe, yeah. Digits, oh, that messed my head. That just <laughs> messed, that just messed with me. Uh, we'll, we'll get to we'll get the digits but okay like, all right okay yeah yeah well like there's so there's so much i want to do with that <laughs> i just don't know what to like okay what do yeah. i do with yeah. with uh with bedford's law it's, it's 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 wild um but your enthusiasm um i mean throughout the episodes shows it's like you are amazed um, at, at everything, whether it's finding the bird, whether it's finding the fish, um, going to the top of that tower in the Amazon um, was just wild. I mean, I, I can imagine somebody being excited throughout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a funny thing, I think, uh, because it, like it's, uh, I, I realized, okay, a few things. So first, like, like, of course I'm going to be excited about the stories in a way because I picked the stories, right? Like I picked, yeah. I only picked stories that I was excited about. But what I realized in making it, and one of the reasons why maybe, I, I presume, uh, maybe other hosts don't get that excited is one, because you look like an idiot, so I, and which I'm fine <laughs> with. Um, but the other thing is that w- what you realize is like the production cycle is quite grueling. So when you're making these things, um, like that, getting to the top of that tower in the Amazon, like that's that's a really grueling climb. That's like, I mean, it felt like climbing CN Tower or something. Um, but then imagine doing that after, you know, days and days and days of, of travel and like w- weeks and months of red-eye flights after red-eye flights. Like it's like a really grueling kind of a, a production process. So by the time you get to that, um, to the top of that tower, you're like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the, you not to say anything about whoever's carrying the camera. Right. No, I know. I know. No, seriously. The, we, our, our, our crew, like just every time I wanted to complain, I would just look and be like, oh my God, you guys have way more to complain about than I do. I have nothing to complain about. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, but, but to me, like, like it, it really genuinely was the thing that helped me, like that waked me up, that woke me up after, after all those red eye flights or whatever, you know, I would like take a red eye flight and then, and then, and then I would land and then I would get to the hotel and they'd be like, okay, we're going to this interview. And I'd be like, okay, great. Um, There's no time to rest. No time to rest. But, but the, the thing that really made me feel like excited about that and want to do that. And then when I was doing the interview, like have my mind blown is, is that I was really, really impressed by what these, what these people were doing, what they were finding. Like, I, I really think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's astonishing. Like we live in an astonishing, marvelous world and we're all like, we're, we are, I don't know. There are just questions all around us that we've like our eyes have sort of glazed over to, but if you just remember that those questions are there and then you start to kind of follow the people who are asking them and trying to find the answers, like what you find is actually way more surprising than you would ever expect. Sure. And did did that happen a lot? Uh, Like I'm assuming Actually, let me, let, me, let me start this way. Um, what happens first? You and the production company come together and say, this is what we want to do. Let's shop it around. Does Netflix come in and says, okay, yeah, we'll put the bill on this. We're going to go to the middle of the ocean. We're going to go to the desert. <laughs> like what? How, yeah. did, how did Netflix become involved? How did this, how did this whole connected start? Sure, sure, sure. So, so, okay. So I said, so, so that company approached me sort of out of the blue based on my, I think based on my Ted talks and my uh, radio work. Um, and they were like, look, like we have this idea to, to basically explode the, the science show, the hosted science show and like make a whole new thing. What do you think? Um, and we want to go to these far flung places. Uh, and, and we have experience doing that because we, you know, we made parts unknown and we made all these other things. Um, And so I got really excited about that. But then to me, the kind of the flip I returned to them with was like, okay, so 
So if we're going to go out to all these far-flung places, like to me, the fun would be finding stories in these far-flung places that actually connect back to the viewer, to me, to me at home, to the viewer. Like, so what's the way we can go as far as we can and then hop all the way back? Like that's the fun in a way. Interesting. Um, and there were kind of a number of models that I, of shows that I loved, that I watched, that I thought about, but kind of the, the, the structure that I, I kind of liked. And it, it's like, it's kind of like a connect the dots. Like, it's like a, uh, it's like, what if we could take uh, one story? I mean, dust was the first story we came up with. So we sort of oh. built the structure around that story. And that's the story we went around and pitched um, this series with. We actually originally had a different idea. Um, we pitched that to a whole bunch of places and got rejected, rejected and 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 rejected. Um, but then finally, uh, uh, we went to Netflix. They really, they liked me. They liked the company. They were like, can you guys, do you guys have another idea? And then, so we came up with this idea and yeah, and they liked it and they were like, okay, let's do it. And we definitely learned a lot as we were going, uh, like, uh, for example, um, we were like, oh, okay, so we're going to be traveling to all these places. Okay, let's get it all figured out. And you know what we'll do is we'll do block shooting. So it's like, okay, all the Western European locations we'll do wow. on one trip. And then like the, we had uh, some East Africa and South Africa. We'll bunch those together. Okay, there's some, uh, you know, some South America. Let's, let's bunch that. So we, we had within the United States, like uh, Southwest, whatever. So we were going to bunch it all. And then what we realized is like based on scientist availability, based on like, like mm. the bird is flocking at this time or the you know this that or the other thing uh we weren't able to do that at all so then it, it ended up oh being this, like, very crazy globe hopping thing where it was like two every two days i was in a different part of the world and in a totally different time zone um for basically like four months or something uh and wow. it was yeah it was a really like it was a wild wild uh adventure um where i i i, I I kind of felt like like Jason Bourne, like I would get a call and be like, okay, tomorrow you have to go to Milan. Uh, and then I'd be like, okay. And then, you know, and I'd just like hop on a plane that night kind of thing. Your, your graphics sort of reminded me a little bit about sort of those Jason Bourne type movies where you get to a certain city and you got all these digits coming. <laughs> yeah, right. Ah, that's where he is. <laughs> they, and they actually, if you watch those really carefully, um, they they're so the graphics people I worked with I was so lucky to they're kind of in house at this production company and they're just yeah. they're just so clever and if you look at those it does that same thing like almost like the train uh, you know train board thing um, yes yes but if you look at the things that is flapping through they're all like thematically related to the show yes. in this really smart way and I was like I've never seen anything like that before <laughs> that was so cool they just came up with it just sort of on their own just doodling in their free time like it was so cool and it was so like just across the board, the people that I was working with, like I, I'm a total newbie. I came to TV. Like I never worked on TV before. Uh, my sister yeah. does. I do not. Um, that was our, 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 uh, you know, um, we, we, we carved out different, uh, mediums, uh, and, and, uh, but this time, like I, I came in knowing nothing and all these people that I worked with were just so professional, so smart. And a lot of them were the, you know, the kinds of people that worked on the Bourdain show or worked on these other, you know, very, very high level shows. Uh, so I was really lucky. Like, um, yeah, the show looks much prettier than anything that I could ever have made on my own. Yeah, it's very, um, I've listened to, uh, since uh, chatting with you online, I've since started listening to a few Radiolab episodes, and it's, it's very Radiolab-esque. Mm. The, and, and, I, and I thought, okay, does he's, he's probably got some people on the team, or he's probably thinking, I wanted to see, I wanted to, visually be similar to how Radiolab sounds. Huh. Yeah. If, it's if that makes sense. No, it's, it's, it's funny you say that in the sense that, um, so I, like, I think part of that is, uh, is just that I've been working at Radiolab for like 10 years. So I've like internalized in a way. Wow. Um, yeah. Like most of that was, uh, like working there full time before that I was just a contributor, but like, a, like a, a, a regular contributor, um, but yeah, I think I've sort of internalized so much of that. And some of that is just sort of house style in a way. And some of that is just like, I, I think a really like a philosophically different approach to mm -hmm. science journalism to the world, um, which is like, you know, lead with a question, like make people yes. hunger 
and want to know the answer before you tell them the answer um, and, and kind of make them work for it a little bit, you know, or, um, or, and, and story tell it. Like, don't just like, a, like, like, a, like it's not a newspaper article. You don't just get out the information right at the top. You yes. really, you're breadcrumbing your way. Like, and people, 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 you just give them just enough. And then you kind of sometimes like some of those, uh, some of those like reveals, uh, some of those kind of like insights or findings, like it's a big, it's a big, um, plot twist, you know? And so, so, so like taking those sorts of, uh, radio labby moves in a way. Yeah. I think I definitely Ooh. like, uh, and, and I think mostly actually unintentional, like I set out to be like, I'm making it something totally different than radio lab. Um, and I think just because th a lot of those things are sort of in me and in the way that I tell stories, like, I think that it sort of, uh, suffused its way in there. Nice. I read somewhere a lot of that. You have an undergrad in playwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so tell me, how do, how do you get from your dad telling you about Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior <laughs> and, you know, your family being like news geeks to playwriting to being a science journalist? Yeah, I think, I think the, so when I was an undergrad, I, I like, I, I changed my major more often than I, you know, changed my <laughs> underwear probably. Um, and uh, so I, I, I was a Middle Eastern studies major. I was, uh, yeah, I think I was at maybe a history major. I, I like changed a lot, but then I ultimately settled on playwriting because I thought that, I mean, uh, you know, much to my parents, uh, like, huh, what? Um, but um, uh, I think a, a huge part of it was that I found it, I found something kind of timeless in there. Like the, the, the stories that my dad would come in and tell me over and over every day. I think what you realize when you start, I, I got excited about sort of the medium of theater, but also what you realize is it's like, oh, stories have shapes, whether you're reading them in the newspaper or seeing them in movies or, you know, you're even, you're, you're kind of living them. Um, and then you just tell them to a friend. Um, the, they have shapes, they have different shapes. And we all kind of, whether they're true stories or false stories uh, or, or fictional stories, I should say, um, we kind of approach them in the same way and we want the same things out of them. And, and in a way like, like playwriting, what it does is it, it like teaches you those tricks. It's like the tricks of how to, how to tell a story and what people are actually looking for and hungering for, like characters and a a, a kind of a followable plot with twists and turns and um, and a kind of an, an emotional arc that this character goes on. And by the end, they're different from when they started. Like these are pretty basic um, kind of ingredients in a way. And then, and then what I, what I learned from that is that I, like, I, like I really like to me, story is the way that I make sense of the world. Like, I think it's a lot, it's a lot easier for me. You know, I, I loved science in, in undergrad, um, but it was so hard for me to like, to grab onto it. But then I discovered this other field kind of late uh, as an undergrad called the history of science, which was like exactly the thing I wanted because it was oh. science. It was all the kind of exciting, the, the profound, uh, the profoundness of science with the kind of human stories of, okay, this is this formula that you take for granted. Like, here's the story behind this formula or, or something like, like the, the backstory of the meter, which turns out super dramatic backstory. Um, you know, okay. something you take for granted. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, so then I decided to go to grad school for that, uh, which I did. Um, and then I was in grad school and I was in academia and I was like, ah, what am I doing here? Like, I like this, but I also, I just, I, like, I don't, I, I like storytelling and I don't want to tell stories to just a very few people who are going to read this very obscure journal. Um, and I, I, I had listened to, I, I heard Radiolab was, you know, one of the like three podcasts I knew at the time, uh, cause there only were like three podcasts at that time <laughs> compared to how many there are now. Um, and so I said, okay, well I will, let me just call them up. So I just sort of cold called them and started pitching them stories being like, Hey, I have all these stories from grad school that I'm really into. And then I started uh, working with them. I, I, I finished graduate school and then I, I basically became a science journalist, which is sort of, again, like something I, I didn't really know any. The closest thing I knew was my sister who like by that point was, uh, yeah, she was a news reporter, but 
like, like neither of us really knew anybody in the field. Like we sort of, I think kind of made it up as we were going along. Um, and, yeah. and we're lucky enough to have like a few mentors here and there to kind of help us piece it together. But, um, yeah, but so, so science journalism, I was like, okay, I, I'm just going to take what I know from playwriting and I'm going to take what I know from the history of science. And I'm just going to, and what I know from like, just, you know, talking to people at, 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 at dinner parties or whatever, and just like tell people, telling people stories. And I'm going to try to like put that in a blender and, and see if I can make a career out of it, which is what I've been, what I've been doing. Yeah. My son and I have also been uh, listening to your podcast. So I, I think it was earlier this year released, right? The other relative. Yeah, that's this right. Year? Yeah. This year. Uh, yeah. This, this interminable year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you. Uh, you new podcast, new, new Netflix show. Um, the question I have, uh, I think the next episode I'm going to listen to is Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, the question I have is at times in the podcast, I feel like the story is about you yeah. and your relationship with your faith. Yeah. So I'm curious um, because you sort of relate yourself to the other Latif and the choices he made and the environment that he was in that sort of directed him to wherever it is that he ended up versus you and the choices you made and sort of the environment that you grew up that has taken you to where you are today. Um, I'm curious about that. You know, I don't know whether it's, did you learn anything about you? Did you learn anything about your faith and your relationship to it i think i think it i think it was it was quite a shock uh it was quite a shock i think that there were, there were kind of a, a a few things that happened sort of around the same time when i started working when i found the existence of this guy um yeah. the other latif this guy with my name who was a detainee at guantanamo bay who had not had a trial uh, or even charges pressed against him uh, for almost 20 years. When I learned about that guy, um, it was also around the time that I had uh, my first kid. And it was also around the time when uh, President Trump was elected and mm. made the Muslim ban. And there were a bunch of other things that happened. And I think before then, like I, I wouldn't necessarily self-identify as a Muslim. I, I feel like I'm very proud of my, like the culture that I was raised in. And I, uh, like, I'm a, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a practicing Muslim, but I, it felt like it was like a, a part of my cultural identity, but it wasn't one that I would sort of proudly, uh, sure. you know, like, like where in a way, like I was like, I'm a science reporter. I don't really care about any of the rest of the stuff. Um, like this is just what I do. And, and mm -hmm. you know, that was how I was raised, but it doesn't matter. Um, and, and, and I think now I feel much more like, oh, this is a part of me. Like, this is a part of me and who I am. And it's it influenced my kind of, uh, spirituality in different sort of ways, but, but, but even more importantly, like my, my day-to-day -day reality, the values that I have, the, the, the way that I see the world and, 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 and my politics too. I mean, so, so for me, I was like, like it was a, it was those three things, like the Trump administration, this story that I was working on about this particular guy. And the fact that I had a kid, all of a sudden I had this kind of moment where I was like, Oh wow, I really need to do some, I, I feel like I have this sort of undigested, un, 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 unchewed part of myself that I need to like really kind of look at scrutinize and, um, and address because it's like this thing that I just sort of put on pause, like that I, I grew up with. And then I was like, oh, I'll figure that out later. And it was like, yeah. oh, no, now's the time. Now's the time because in a way it feels like the, the I don't know, like to, 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 to do this man's story justice in a way, um, which is the kind of the only justice he ever, he ever has gotten. Um, yeah. I like, I felt like it was necessary for me to, kind of kind of be a be a guide uh for the listener to like help help them imagine this guy you know yeah for sure let's get to some questions sure that <clears throat> that people had for you so the first one is from hasina great 
just so she's had a bunch of questions. <clears throat> I'll just ask them all because they're all related. So number one is what is the most beautiful thing you've discovered about connections? Mm. Uh, what's the scariest thing mm. you've discovered? And how did you know the directions of the connective threads in your stories were the right directions yeah. to explore? Yeah. Um, okay. I'll take the last question first. Cause it's the easiest sure. one. Um, for me, like, I, I really imagined all of these, I, I tried to sort of sculpt them from the beginning. So I, I would often start with a, sometimes I would start with an end actually. Um, okay. So, or a shape that I really fell in love with, like in the clouds episode, not to spoil it for you. Um, but the clouds episode, it starts with a cloud and ends with a cloud, a real cloud. And really mm. to, to be even more technical, it starts with a storm and ends with a storm. So it starts with a storm cloud and it ends with a storm cloud in a way. Um, and and I, I had that idea that it's like, oh, that's beautiful. Let's do that and then go all over, you know, the world and then we'll go to another cloud. So that, like there's a kind of a, a pretty shape there. Um, yeah. For, for digits, it's like, let's start with a kind of mundane thing, which is your, you know, this, this library book and then your taxes. Um, and then let's go bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, so to, <laughs> until it's like the biggest possible thing. Um, so each of them has kind of a shape like that, like a, like a, and, and whether it's something that you pick on as, uh, pick up on as a viewer or not, um, uh, I, I don't know, but, but I, I sort of, I, I built it with a shape that way so so the connections they they are like they're structural it's like it's like a like a, we talked about it like like each episode's kind of a roller coaster you know and mm. so you're building a roller coaster and each part you need each part to get you to the next part to get you enough momentum to get through that loop or to to, to get you around that curve you know um so so they're, they're like we built them very carefully actually um and and hopefully it feels like on a roller coaster it's just like you're zipping along um but actually like it was it, there were really careful um yeah, like like dynamics going into each one. Um, That's really cool. Yeah, should I go? I feel like you've pulled up other questions. I could I could try to answer those other two if you want. But yeah, yeah. So beautiful. She's asking about the most beautiful thing and sort of the scariest thing about connections. Yeah, I think this. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think there was anything in the show. There were scary things I found in the show about uh, your apps spying on you, about yeah. your you know. There's a, a bunch of things. I don't think I could have even thought while I was making this that something like coronavirus could have happened. Like, like I think mm. I, I had a sense of it. Like I, I'm a historian of, I studied the history of medicine. I wrote my, my dissertation on an epidemic. You know, I, 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 while I was in grad school, I learned about 1918. Still, I don't think I could have anticipated or seen the level of like global disruption and, and scariness um, that this pandemic kind of showed us all and and this isn't even the worst it could get it could it, it could have been worse and it could still be worse um, let me ask let me ask you this then um but based on you know what what you've studied uh are we what similarities are you seeing today and 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 what happened back in uh in, in 1918 uh there's a there's there are a lot. I mean, one that I'm really scared of is they said that the, so the, the fall in 1918, uh, in, in, in that epidemic, the fall was really the killer. Um, the fall, hmm. the early waves in the spring, they were bad, but they were nowhere near as bad as the fall. Um, so if, if, if we're following that historical pattern, this fall is going to be a really, really uh, devastating time. Um, and we should not, not uh, celebrate too early, you know? Um, that's one lesson. Uh, another lesson that I think I've learned, uh, studying epidemics is that when an epidemic comes, and this is something I, I really, I feel like I've seen across so many times in cultures, like what you notice is that societies have these kind of pre-existing fault lines in a way, right? Like I, I feel like, um, in, in this country at least, um, and probably in Canada too, um, there are fault lines of race, there are fault lines of income inequality, there are fault lines of, um, you know, prison populations, there are fault lines of, um, you know, how we treat the elderly, there are fault lines of mental health, there are fault lines of, there are all these fault lines, right? 
And it feels like when an epidemic comes, it just turns all of that up to 11. It takes all mm. of our sort of pre-existing vulnerabilities, anxieties, everything. And it just, it, it sort of pushes them so to the extreme um, that you kind of like, yeah, every, like every, every, every vulnerability becomes, you know, that's our, that's our, you know, Achilles heel. Like, that, like, like, like right now, I mean, the, the most obvious one I would think of in the United States is like the prison population. Like, it's like, oh, we had this huge, we have this enormous prison population, um, biggest in the, in the world. Right. Um, and then, and, and like, that was the thing that I think for a lot of people in this country, they're like, okay, that's, that's what it is. Like three strikes and you're out, mandatory minimums, that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, we didn't realize like, wait a second, these are like germ factories. These are like virus breeding grounds. Like we have, we forget about the, what, the, what we're doing to our fellow humans. Like what we're doing to ourselves is like, this is a public health threat. Um, that we have not been taken seriously, taken seriously, and now we really need to. And it, to me, there's so many different problems in our society that we kind of have left on the back burner. And when an epidemic comes, everything's on the front burner. Mm. And is there hope that you have for this time based on 1918? Yeah, I mean, that it, it ends, right? It ends. It's going to end. It's going to end, right? right? It's going right. to get better. We're going to get through it. Um, okay. It's going to be hard, but it's going to, it's going to end. Um, and, and in a way, the, the, the paradox is that, and it's so hard to see it, but it'll get to a point where, you know, it, it, hopefully once we have, inshallah, like once we have this vaccine, once we, uh, uh, things get back to normal, things will be so good that we'll be back in the spot where we were a few years ago, where we'll be like, oh, it's so easy. Like we can just neglect what, the, you know, there are people who can be like, oh, I don't need vaccines. Vaccines are so harmful to my kids and stuff. Cause we don't remember, like we will, we'll get mm. so sort of blase. Like it'll get to that point again. It's so hard to imagine it right now, ever getting to that point, ever imagining like two characters, even in a movie like touching each other you know but um that's like those are the cycles that's gonna happen like we're gonna get through it we're gonna get complacent another one's gonna come it's like like how do we how do we take this lesson and and really make it stick this time but but yeah. but but i think the lesson of hope here is that is that we are gonna get through it this is gonna end good good i'm glad um i have another so i've got a question here from Sheba. Sheba is in uh, New York City. Uh, so, so we love listening to Latif and I've always, and I always feel connected to him because of his Canadian child of immigrants roots. Can you please ask him, what was the biggest challenge going from radio to the screen? <laughs> and what's, and what's your favorite episode? Your connected episode. My my favorite episode. I mean, they're all my children, so I shouldn't say. But like, <laughs> my my favorite episode is Dust. I think Dust is really kind of. Uh, to me, there's a. It's fascinating. Yeah, and there's a kind of. Um, I mean, I don't even think I when I set to make it out like that. We fully realize this, but it's it's just it became this sort of meditation on life and death, uh, and it, it became this thing about mm. what is death, and 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 to me. Earlier in the year, I, I like I lost a, a a friend of mine, um, and and while we were making this episode and editing it, and I was, I was really thinking about that, and it it really it like it, I feel like it helped me get through that, and and right now, especially in the time of COVID, um, like I, I imagine there are a lot of people out there who are feeling similar grief, and and I, I really hope that maybe this episode will give them some kind of solace, because uh, I think that it's a really I don't know. It, it did that for me in making it and, and, yeah. and hopefully it'll feel that way for others. Um, about radio to TV, the transition, I think I, like, I, I didn't Talk realize how stupid it. I was. Like <laughs> I just, I just had no clue, um, about, uh, about anything. Like, like, I, I think, um, I, I feel like I really learned to see, like I learned to use my eyes, which is, sounds so silly. Uh, but I, I, like every time I was about to just have a conversation with somebody, you know, a, a, a director of photography would come and be like, no, 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 just wait, just you go over here and you stay just, okay. And tilt a little bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and then for me to think like, imagine my eyes in the eyes of the camera, 
Um, like it really, it, it opened up space in a whole new way for me. Like, I, I feel mm. like I, I'd never thought about that. The only way I'd thought about space as a radio reporter is like, is it echoey in here? Like, am I, do I need to, do I need to, do I need to deal with that somehow? But like, but, but really thinking about, um, what a thing looks like, like, like in radio, we try to make something so that people imagine something, imagine a visual, um, uh. and, Whereas here, it's like, like, I actually have to do it. If, if, if I, I can't make you imagine something because you're, you can't imagine watching something while you're actually watching something, as opposed to when you're listening to something, you can imagine watching something. So, so there was a kind of, it, it really made me have to be much more specific about what I could say or what I wanted to say. Um, and, and in using my eyes in that way to like define that, to, 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 to lock it down. Like I'm locking down what you're able to see. It's like, I feel like I'm like taking some of your freedom away because I'm like, I'm, I, I'm, you can only see what I want you to see. Yeah, um, yeah. but, but there, I don't know, there's a, like, all of that was totally new to me thinking about that and trying to, uh, to, to make something that felt like it was stimulating to your mind, to your imagination, while at the same time, like I'm showing you this and this is what you're seeing. You're seeing what I'm, what I'm letting you see in a way or what I want yeah. you to see. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it makes me curious about some of the outtakes. And, and one thing comes to mind when you're, when you're in England and you're, this is the, the episode on poop and you say, does the, does the queen's poop go yeah. here? And, I, and I'm thinking these scientists or whoever, the, these other people that are working there, <laughs> you know, looking at you going, what, what is he talking? Like, yeah, no, that's, that's, um, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, that's like, that's, those are the kinds of reactions. Like that's most of my interview <laughs> style in a way. Like I, I feel like I ask, um, I ask ver the actually dumb questions that are actually on my mind. Um, so, but, but, but I, I was lucky enough that like the scientists in that scene and really the scientists across the board were really super, game you know uh yeah. they were so fun like and 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 i think that's part of to me what makes this show uh a lot of fun is that like like i'm going around having fun being an idiot but then there are these people who are like really smart and they're having fun in the same way with me like uh when i was in the in the desert you know we're talking about these little uh, like these little pebbles that make this dust and he was yeah. talking about it and I'm like I just I just wonder what this tastes like and, <laughs> and then I ate it and then Dr. Musa who is the uh, the scientist with me he ate it too so it was great <laughs> it was just like it was this perfect thing where I was like okay so then we were just kind of like in the middle of the desert just like eating the ground um, and it just it, it just felt sort of so perfect and funny and strange and by the way, it tasted, I think I say this in the episode, I don't remember. Um, uh, but it tasted like, it tasted like cereal marshmallows. Like it tasted like freeze-dried marshmallows. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I, I remember that. I, I think you did. Um, I have a question from Peter. Peter's asking about uh, Radiolab. Sure. Um, how, has, how has the pandemic affected um, the production of, of the show? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, well, first of all, just, just logistically, we're all like, none of us are recording in studios anymore. We're just in our own homes under, mm -hmm. usually under like blankets. Uh, that's the radio producer trick. Uh, that's, the hack. To, that's the hack. Yeah. To, uh, I mean, I'm, I, maybe you've tried it too, uh, Carmen, but um, the, uh, the way that it changed, we had a kind of meeting, right? Actually, it was literally the morning after the last episode of the Guantanamo series came out. And okay. Uh, Jad, our, our host, he was like, look, I am calling an editorial state of emergency. Like we need to, we are, there's a lot of different kinds of TV news, documentary film. Like those people can't do what they do anymore. They can't go out there and film. Um, but we can totally do what we do. We can, you know, get people on the phone. We can do basically for us, it's business as usual. We are a science show. This is a science crisis. We need to mm. kind of rise to this moment um, in a way that, that we are able to, you know? Um, and so we kind of made a, a call altogether that we were going to do this series of what we call dispatches, um, which are sort of still ongoing, but uh um, and these dispatches, we were like, you know what, they don't need to sound as good necessarily as our regular radio lab sort of production standards require, 
But we want to we want to get into the sort of breaking news game a little bit uh, mm. um, more than more than we regularly do. We're usually like this slow you know, long form, like slow thing where we work on like that, the other elective series, like that took us three years. Like we, we sit wow. on things and we really, really, and, and at this moment with COVID, we were like, okay, let's just like, we're just going to run it stuff. We're just going to run it stuff. And we're going to try to make stuff. And I tried that. It's really hard. I don't know how, uh, like journalists, like even like my sister do it. It's really hard. Um, but uh, but we've put out a bunch of stuff that I think is really uh, I'm really proud of, including an episode you will be interested to hear um, about 1918 and the parallels and the 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 weird ways in which the 1918 uh, pandemic kind of uh, the, the the kind of lingering after effects of that oh. that we can still feel today. Um, so so we we basically said okay we got to respond to this and we, and we've tried our best to while at the same time, kind of doing the same sort of work we always do um, kind of trying to address the pandemic, trying also to address these other kind of massive crises in this country, the, uh, the economy, we're working on stories about, uh, you know, about basically economics and then also the kind of racial justice uh, reckoning that is going on right mm. now. So we, we've, we've really been trying to chase a lot of these stories. And usually we don't chase stories, you know, um, because we feel like, oh, there are other people doing that. But this time we were like, no, 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 we need to do that too. Interesting. Um, Randy, uh, he doesn't have a question, but I have a question. I have a follow-up. He has a comment. So he says, thanks to Latif. I'm now obsessed uh, with Benford's Law from the episode <laughs> on digits. Now I see patterns in everything. Um, so here's my question to you. What are, are you, are you similar? Are you, do you look at stuff and sit down with pen and paper or your Excel spreadsheet and start mapping out stuff? And I'm, I'm curious, what's the, what's the weirdest, uh, Benford law example you've, you've, you've found or come up with? If you go on Twitter, actually, what you'll see really? is okay. <laughs> all of these people who have watched the episode, um, have been like all these people from all over the world with all of these different data sets have been trying it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Most of the times it, I think it works. Um, the one that really caught my eye for some reason, I don't know why. So the New York Public Library has a collection of historical restaurant menus. And someone went through this historical restaurant menu collection, found all the prices of all the food um, mm -hmm. and then ran that through Benford's law and it fit, uh, which wow. is just crazy to me. Like, and then people, there's been so many, what was uh, another one was, uh, Indian train passenger, uh, uh, like the number of passengers on, on, you know, daily trains. Uh, another one was, um, the populations of all the cities in Israel. Uh, another one was, um, what was it? People have been applying it, obviously, maybe to COVID cases, COVID cases by country. It works. Uh, yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah. 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 So, and, and there was an, uh, another one. I'm trying to remember this. This was a while ago. Uh, I don't want to bastardize the findings. Uh, so I'm not going to, anyway, you should look this up. But it was something along the lines of um, looking at, there were certain like autocracies, like authoritarian governments where they were, they were looking at, they were Benfordizing the COVID numbers and they were like, something looks fishy over here. Um, but, uh, but that's, that's a kind of really interesting thing. And you, you can't tell when it doesn't work. Is it someone's monkeying with the data or are there some kind of hidden unforeseen limitations on the data? You kind of have to do a little detective work to find out why it's not fitting, but I think the majority of the time, what you'll find is that it, it does fit spookily. It does fit. That is crazy. That was, that was a fun, that was a fun episode for sure. Um, it's, 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 go ahead. I think that's one of the episodes that people have been responding the most to and has been blowing people's minds the most. And it, it's funny because even at the beginning, like when we were pitching it, it was like, there's no way we can do a 45 minute episode about math. Like nobody wants to see it. Like, and it's not even math in general. It's like this one mathematical observation that nobody has heard of. Like who is going to watch this for 45 minutes? No way. Um, and, and it's funny that that's the one that sort of people have, 
uh, really taken to. Lucia has a, has a question. Um, I feel like after every episode, I think, OMG, science is so damn spiritual. I'd love to know if he feels that connected and if he hears about that from the experts on the show. I think the, so the experts on the show, I think by and large, they, I mean, if they do feel that, uh, they tend to sort of keep it to themselves, I think, or they, mm-hmm. or, or, or I, I think to them, it's, it's very important because they're, they're scientists. They're not out to kind of, they, they whether or not they do, I think they, they try to show me that they don't really have a dog in the fight, that they're being objective about it sure, um, sure. Fair and, and, and right and, and maybe how it should be. Um, for me, I do really think that there's uh, spiritual is part of it, but to me, it's like, it's like a moral, there's a moral dimension to all of this. Like, like what you realize is that, um, you know, the fact that your poop, like, like the fact that you, you can just flush away your poop and then not think about it. Like you kind of have to think about it. It's your poop and it's changing the world, um, in this subtle way, but it is. And it's like, okay, so let's let's try to think about like what that actually means. Like, and, and I think there's something, there's something that, I don't know, there's something kind of uh, beautiful and profound, but also kind mm. of intense and sort of uh, 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 an added burden of responsibility of like my fingerprints are on all of these other people, all of these other animals, all these other plants, all these other microbes, all these other planets. Like, 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 like my, my, just the very fact of my breathing means that I am part of a a, a larger system here, and and mm-hmm. that's kind of to me that's that's immensely beautiful, and I think you could call spiritual for sure. Um, yeah. But it also there's a kind of a, a dimension then an added onto that is a moral dimension of like okay so now what do I do about it? Like what's the what's the thing now that I should really take seriously and consider the impact I'm having that I don't even realize I'm having. That's cool. So final question I'll give to my sister, Faiza. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, and I'll, I'll sort of uh, add it, but this is really uh, questions inspired by her. You live in San Francisco, San right. Francisco, LA, 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 sorry, LA. Mm-hmm. You live in LA, uh, grew up in Toronto, You've obviously, as a result of this, as a result of uh, the other lots of podcasts, have traveled uh, all over the world. Uh, I know you're not sightseeing. I know you're working. There's a difference. Of, right. You know, right. I, I totally get that. But I, I remember, you know, years ago, back, back at, when I was at York University, I went for a month to, uh, to Hunza, to northern Pakistan. Yeah. Uh, and I remember being so, um, so amazed at how, the people living there, and this is, you know, before Facebook and all that sort of jazz, um, how they overcame the challenges locally. Uh, and I remember thinking back, you know, how, you know, here in Canada, you know, hashtag first world problems, right? Where you complain mm-hmm. about this, that, and the other, and here are people building their own schools and uh, irrigation and all this sort of stuff. So I'm curious, you know, when you do travel the world, does it make you appreciate where you are or where you come from or do you look at things and go why can't we be more like this why can't we do things better what do you what, how, do you ever think about things like that yeah yeah i do i really do i mean i am uh i mean just like any of us like i think i'm i'm a kind of um like i i like my life like i've I've built my life in a certain way and i like my life i like i like having the house that i have and the 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 bed that i have and the um you know all the like creature comforts that i have but but what you do realize i think um traveling you know uh, uh, as much as i have and i'm sure there are people out there who've traveled more but but um traveling as much as i have like i think the thing i realize is like it's like every place has its own struggles you know every place has its own challenges and the kind of galvanizing challenges of its time and some of those challenges are the same like income inequality like racial bias like corruption um like and and you see these things play out over and over and over um and the kind of there's a way to read that and be very sad and be very um 
kind of like feel hopeless in a way. Like, uh, uh, but there's another way to see it to me. And I am, uh, if this show has taught you nothing else is that I'm like, I'm a sort of relentless optimist, I guess. Uh, which is that, um, to me, it's like, I, I think th there's an exciting thing about how, uh, like every society, every culture, like every state, you know, um, is a is a little laboratory uh, mm. that 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 these challenges that we're all kind of facing in our own ways, like like we also are kind of hopefully coming up with uh, with solutions. And like at this moment, the the luxury that we have living in this connected world, I mean, we're sharing all our problems, like COVID for sure. Um, yeah. But we can share our solutions too, and like so. To me, I think there are there are people who are like have these small homebrew solutions to very very big serious problems. Um, but what's exciting about this time, and and in a way, like like a little bit of my job, like I can go and scout for interesting things that are going on around the world, and be like, hey, look, like look at this cool thing that is happening right here. Um, that you know it's not a solution to everything but it's something and it's like exciting that we can like mm. that we can share and we can think together um and that's in a way uh, one of the episodes the clouds episode that's sort of like that's the big idea of that episode is it's like we we have global problems we need global solutions like we really need to all think together that's the yeah. only way this is gonna like a problem like covid that's the only way you're gonna solve it um, there's no other way. And so we, we got to kind of embrace that. Um, and we got to, we, if we're not already connected, we got to connect more in the, in the kind of problem solving ways, because, because, uh, because, because each other, we're all we got, you know? That's it. Yeah. That is so true. Is there a season two of Connected? I, I, I have plenty of ideas. Uh, basically what it comes down to is, uh, Netflix, they're a, they're a data company. They, they make their decisions based on how many people watch, what kinds of people watch, um, uh, the demographics, those kinds of things. I am, uh, at least so far, I'm not really privy to a, a lot of that information. But, uh, but basically, it's like if enough people watch, they'll give me a season two, which I desperately want to, want to make. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's sort of I'm, I'm, uh, I'm spreading the word. I hope people who love and, and enjoy and relish the show will do the same. Um, and hopefully we'll get enough uh, viewers to, to make, make some more. Yeah, that'd be, that would be awesome. What else, what else uh, are, are, you, are you working on that's coming up? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm always so excited about the work that I'm doing at Radiolab. I'm so proud of my colleagues there who are just like, uh, I, I feel like I, uh, like this, th this show is more of a, um, a project I'm working on with this production company, and it's like like more of a sort of a solo venture, I guess. But but the the work I do at Radiolab, it feels like I'm on the X Men or something. Like I feel like mm. I I feel like all the all the other fellow producers and editors and reporters and all kinds of people who are working there are just folks at the top of their game, and I I'm just so excited. And we have some stuff that we're working on right now that I can't talk about, but that is so exciting. Um, and there are some big sort of changes afoot and some big exciting things that hopefully we'll be able to announce soon. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, this, this um, for me personally, this year has been really exciting and, and uh, I've, I've managed to get out a lot of stuff that I'm really proud of, but it's not done yet. There's still stuff coming, so. Absolutely, yeah. well listen, congrats on the, uh, on the ever expanding family. Thank you, uh, thank you. Congrats on, uh, on all of your podcast work. Uh, on the on the Netflix show, uh, thank you so much for for spending some time with you. I really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you for uh, for actually watching the show and enjoying it. Say hi to your sister for me, and I'll say hi to my sister for you. Uh, please, and, please do. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for having me on, on your show. I really, really appreciate it.